welcome to tonight's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have Carlos Borloff, horror host out of, uh, you're on a couple channels. Yeah, uh, well, I'm based in Washington, D.C. area, technically, you know. But uh, you, you do one up in Detroit too, right? You're well, on we're on TV. We're on TV up there. Yeah, we're on in well, yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo, Detroit, Nashville, uh, Nevada, Colorado, North Carolina, Oklahoma. All kinds of places have been picking our show up, man. Public stations and over-the-air stations too. Cool. So you know, it's, it's nice. It's nice, but you know, a lot of times I put the one-hour shows out for distribution because they're easy to fit. Uh, program directors are like, oh, it's only one hour. Well, that's great because they can fit it in, you know, mm -hmm. and it's a better watch for the people because a lot of these movies really suck. They're terrible. They're horrible. I even have to cut them down. Even movies like this, you know, the Phantom from 10,000 Leagues, you know, it's a great movie, but yeah, you got to cut it down. That movie's only like 70 minutes long though, right? I know, but there's only 15 good minutes in it. And then you got like the... <laughs> The Lost Woman, Woman, you know, one that we had a lot of fun with that we've done a bunch of times is the voyage to the planet of prehistoric women. <laughs> Bird. <laughs> I, you know, funny stuff. Yeah. Attack of the giant leeches. It's pretty cool posters, man. I just bought these, believe it or not, at a gun show. I went to the gun show to look for some weapons of mass destruction and also some, some jerky and some lighters and fun stuff like that. And this chick had monster movie posters. That's I was like, Oh yeah. You know, you gotta have, it's like, I'm like, that's awesome. I'm like, give me four posters, please. <laughs> so what do I end up buying at the gun show? Switchblade comb. I got a switchblade comb. Uh, I think I still have one floating around here. Man, I was like, dude, I will take that because it goes hand in hand with, uh, you know, the real deal. Ching, 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 ching. So, you know, I use that to clean my teeth and to uh, uh, kill bugs. But, yeah, I pretty much uh, do everything here from the studio. My room looks a lot like yours, man. It's all toys and yep. DVDs. And toys and comics. Look at all this stuff, dude. I'm going to turn the phone around. I got model kits, dude. Old stuff like me. You know, and this stuff from Japan is really cool. Our guys over in Japan send me all this stuff, man. And uh, I'm really looking forward to going over there. But last year, you know, they had the pandemic. Couldn't go nowhere. So I'm still waiting I want to try to get over to Japan because these guys uh, that do our shirts and all of our artwork and stuff, I don't know if you can see that, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, they really, really, really want to do it over there and they love the monster stuff. I mean, Godzilla is the thing, dude. Oh yeah. You know, over there and they love American stuff. And the fact that I do a bunch of this, you know, rock and roll, they love all that stuff, man. Because it all it all blends together, and they love American stuff, and the kids over here like it or not love Japanese stuff. The kids are all into the manga and the anime. Yep. So I'm trying to find a way to bust into that younger audience. Because hey, look, I love my viewers 
that are 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, that's great. But if you get the kids to go nutty on it, man, then you've made it. Yep. And it's really all made for kids anyway. Oh, yeah. And all country. Look at this. This is a Mexican Godzilla versus uh, the thing poster from Mexico. And you talk to the guys from South America. They grew up watching Ultraman, too. Yep. And they get tears in their eyes when you start talking about that stuff. And, you know, you turn into the kid again. And oh, yeah. I think that's the key to inner happiness is the, the inner child. You know, this, this guy will tell you, you know. Yep. <laughs> well, but I, yeah, I, man, I mean. I know that like Mazinger Z and stuff like that is huge in Spain and oh, uh, yeah. Mexico and yeah. And, and oh, Italy. yeah. Yeah, especially with the kids, man. But you know, when we grew up, man, we had the we had the magazines. You had to go to the newsstand, and you got a copy of this boy. You were off the chart. You take it to school, and if you were doing right, you get it taken away. You know, and you get it back at the end of the day. Now, my thing was though at school, I was bringing stuff like this to school. Hey, uh, no, I didn't. But you know, I, I mean, it leads to that. But that's all good. But, uh, you know, for a while, it was all about girls, chasing girls and playing music. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I go to go back to toys, man. You got to have, you know, model airplanes and stuff. I mean, take a look at some of this stuff deep in the shelves. I've got so much stuff, dude. <laughs> G.I. Joe and Godzilla and Batman. I got a remote-controlled Sherman tank. You know, you got to have this stuff. And the other day, I just bought because I can kiss double platinum eight track tapes baby in the package because I'm stupid but I needed it <laughs> I needed it you know and I think you know it's it's important to show this stuff to the kids whatever you know my my grandfather's third cousin Lawrence Moore was his name my grandfather's third cousin was Clayton Moore who was the Lone Ranger. So it turns out I'm related to the Lone Ranger. And I'm like, well, look at that. What do you know? Which is cool. Now, he was a good guy. And there was a little violence on there. But the kids loved it. You know, and Tonto, the Indian, was very heroic and helped them out. But it's all about having that cowboy hat. This is my famous hat that's been around, been around the world, man. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's all shiny now. It used to be. It used to be uh, like like uh, 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 suede. <laughs> Not anymore. Now I wear a baseball hat because I play on the baseball team. You know, sometimes, though, I will. Oh, shit. Hold on. I will be known to put one of these on. <sighs> yeah. How do you like that, man? Isn't that nice? Solid steel, man. It's like a German uh, uh, hat that they used to wear when they would ride the horses and stuff. Yeah. You know, but the back is like this in case somebody tries to shoot an arrow into your neck. You'll be all right. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I've set up at home. I've got a whole back lot here. I've never used this, but it was so I could tape at home. It's a mantle. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, but it's a mantle from the 1700s, and I've got the shelves loaded with just crazy stuff, man. Hand grenades and pocket knives and 
you know, Batman parachute guys and, you know, just all kinds of stuff, swords and rubber bats. And I even got a hand axe from the 1500s, man. Jeez. It's like made out, it's made out of cast or iron or something like that. But, uh, you know, so I kind of have my own little world down here. As a lot of people do, a lot of collectors mm-hmm. like to just pile the stuff up and bury themselves. And I mean, look at the top shelf here, dude. I don't know if you can see it, but I've got like jaw, shark jaws and a machine gun and, you know, even Mr. Spock's soap. <laughs> you know, I mean, I buy stuff, man, and it's very important for you kids to go out and buy stuff from people, man. Even if it's only a $5 item, buy it. It helps keep people's businesses going, and it gives you something to have to to enjoy. Yeah. Joy is a very good thing, I, I, I think. I remember a friend of mine. Look at this. I even... I don't know if you could see this here. I'm going to open them up. This is an old box. Can you see that? Yep. I found this. A buddy of mine had passed away. He used to direct our show, and we were cleaning out his sheds. And I find this little box, and I open it up, and it's all marbles, dude. Yeah. Look at that. Freaking glass marbles from, like, his childhood. And I'm like, man, you know, his name was Rick Sapp. He directed our early Monster Madhouse shows, and I was there in the shed cleaning this stuff out, and there was a giant spider in there, and I had to get out. So I took the marbles. You know? I have not spilled the beans, though. (laughs) But I did take the marbles, you know. But, yeah, you got to have a lot of stuff, you know, because otherwise, you know, that stuff would have went into the dumpster. And you can't have that. You know, that's my main worry is about all my stuff is that, if I die or something, nobody will know what this stuff is and they'll throw it all away. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so I've got a list. <laughs> you know, that if I die, you can sell this stuff and make some money. Maybe if anybody will buy it, you know. Oh, yeah. Because that's part of the problem, I think. I don't know. There's a certain point where collectors get all this stuff and then everybody has it. And then nobody wants to sell it or buy or buy it. Everybody's trying to sell the same thing. Mm-hmm. so i went out and you know that's why i like old weird hard to find stuff but i do buy some new stuff dude look at this i don't know if you can see it through the plastic but it's a glow in the dark shogun warriors type yeah it's the miniature Super with the glow in the dark monster and he looks like this guy the shogun warriors dude yeah he looks like him, but he's miniature, and he's got the glow-in-the-dark head like this. Yep. And it's like, wow, talk about brain cells colliding and exploding. I'm like, okay, you sold me. <laughs> you know, it's like you mix a couple of things together, you know, spaghetti and meatballs. Look out. You know? And that's what we try to do with the shows, with Monster Madhouse, spaghetti and meatballs. So we got monster movies. Of course, there's sketch comedy. Uh, we talk about toys and we talk about stuff and we'll show some little clips from weird, funny stuff. Uh, you know, Italian Spider-Man, you know, or uh, the Turkish Star Wars, you know, a lot of little stuff on variety shows. But then we do the classic traditional hosted movies, too. But I still like to break it up and put a lot of weird stuff in it. Because when it really boils down to it, <clears throat> horror hosting 
you like when you meet a, meet somebody and first tell them about you do a horror show, they're like, oh, I don't like horror. And I'm like, well, no, it's comedy. It's not really yeah. horror. It's more it's more of a comedy thing to kind of take the edge off. But it's horror based. Yeah. You know, but uh, like like this, like he's, this is a big giant oil painting that some guy did of me. Uh, Ryan is the artist's name. It's pretty cool. But, you know, it, it's horrifying looking. But he's more like Bozo the Clown than something scary. You know what I mean? On purpose. I mean, I keep telling myself I want to heavy it up and try to be a little more scary and a little more dark and dismal. But I'm like, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm trying. I mean, it looks a little heavy. You know, we got Lizard Man. You know, so so the looks are pretty cool. But keeping it fun is really good. Um, We've had to switch over the past couple of years. We're shooting at a community center in Chantilly, Virginia, where it's a big room. We can Mm -hmm. set up our set, set up our cameras and go, but it doesn't have the lighting and everything because we used to do TV studio at the studio all the time. And it's very professional, but unfortunately the people that run those things, uh, uh, they're all about the restrictions and all of this stuff. So you can't have more than one guest and you got to wear a mask or they'll kick you out and all this stuff. They're like real tyrants down there. So we're like, screw y'all. We're not going to use your studio anymore. We'll do it. We'll shoot it ourselves. you know, in the men's room or the, the ladies room at the bus station. You know, what the heck? <laughs> you know, like even on the phone here, man, on my recent shows, I will go live on Facebook and hold the phone up in the air like this. And I'll use that footage on the show. I synchronize it and put it down in the corner. That's how people watch stuff now. Sometimes I couldn't believe it 10 years ago when I'm at these TV seminars, like out in Las Vegas and Hollywood. Because man, 20, 2009, 2008, I was all over the country, man. Mm -hmm. And the, the word cosplay did not even exist. So you'd go to a convention, you'd be the only one dressed up. There would not be any cosplayers. So now when you go to a convention, everybody thinks, oh, are you supposed to be King Diamond? I'm like, yeah, no, you know, they don't get it. So, you know, we we do less of convention stuff now and more private events. And I got the band going, you know, we're playing some music and stuff. You'll see some, some of that floating around, but just swinging the bat around, trying to do stuff and just, you know, getting out onto the pod. Is this a podcast? Yeah, it's a podcast. Uh, I do it both uh, an audio file, which will go on the podcast channel, and then the uh, um, the YouTube channel. Oh, nice. So it's an audio, so people can drive off the cliff while listening to it in their car. Yeah, I, I got a few fans that are truck drivers, and I basically keep my yeah. uh, podcast, my audio, because I thought about dropping it, and yeah. then because uh, the, the the YouTube's is doing a lot better. But I have yep. guys that are truck drivers and stuff. They're like, "No, don't take it down. Don't do it." I was like, "Yeah, right, as soon as it's up, up you guys." That's so. great. You know what I mean? I got a face. I got a face for radio, anyway. <laughs> you know, but that—that's why I wear the makeup and do the stuff on TV because, hey, I look—I look less scary with the makeup on. But you know, that stuff's not important. Let's look at some more comic books, man. Let's look at this, dude. This is the old the Monster Times. It was a newspaper. And it's all folded up from 1975, mint condition. I had to buy it. You know, a lot of great stuff, man, that you just can't say no to. You know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the classics illustrated. Yep. 
And let's see, I got Frankenstein around here somewhere. I got, man, I got piles of stuff. Look at this. I found some old, back before the internet, you go to Tower Records and you buy magazines and they call them fanzines. Yep. Would make of like Kiss and all this stuff. And it's harder and harder to find. Here's a good one I found. Spider-Man 2099. Yep. Hot for a few years ago. It's a nice looking book. The foil cover, whatever. Yep. But, uh, you know, and also, you know, comics are such a big part of the world. I used to play with G.I. Joe Adventure Team back in the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. So you'd buy the outfit and a doll, you dress them up. But they came with a comic book, man. The search for the mummy's tomb. No, this yep. is the capture of the pygmy gorilla. Yep. Yeah. But everybody would have their own cartoon. And if you flip through the pages, man, look at that. Oh, my God. And it's like frame by frame. And it's printed on the old-fashioned stuff that you could, you can smell it. Yep. Ah, it's newsprint. <sighs> That's what I like about the old comics because they were made on, like, newsprint paper, yep. man. You know, so the new comics are all shiny and stuff. It's like, that's cool. But, you know, it turns me on more to have the old-fashioned, burned-up, smelling comic books. I don't know. <laughs> that's probably another reason I don't have a wife or anything, you know. But, you know, I just, man, I, I load up on stuff. You know, I've met a lot of celebrities over the years, you know, really good friends that are passed away now, like Joe Pilato, Captain Rhodes from Day of the Dead classic picture of him he was my buddy i got zachary actually signed a picture of him and bobby boris pickett the singer of the monster mash and he signed it for him he signed it for him you know and i was like man we spent so much time with zachary it was so cool we got to tape with him up in his his uh, uh secret location where all of his original set pieces were up in new jersey uh, me and Count Gordy Vall, <coughs> Dick Dizel, drove up there, and we picked up Halloween Jack. And we went into Manhattan in the middle of the day, busy Manhattan, looked like a Spider-Man movie. And there's Zachary standing on the corner in his morticians get up, and he's like, Hurr! so we picked him up in the car, and we're riding in the back seat. Zachary and Count Gore in the front seat singing, singing some kind of song, something. And we're just driving. It was great. But we ended up being becoming really good friends with old man Zachary, man. I've got some stuff here. Let me show you here. I think I was hinting about this before, you know, horror host merch. The Zachary Aurora model kit box, dude. Look at that. Isn't that great, dude? That's sweet. Isn't that great? And it's shrink-wrapped, and it's empty, like in my head. But something, I had to buy that, man, you know, and it's important to go on to people's sites and buy their stuff, man, you know. This guy was selling this thing, and I'm like, you know, I just got the whimsical. I saw it somewhere, and I'm like, I got to have that. And next thing you know, it's showing up in the mail, and I'm 40 bucks lighter. So whatever. Yep. But you got to buy stuff. You got to keep those shops going. You know, online selling is the new thing. There are some ripoff artists out there. You got to be careful and follow your nose. Yep. But if you find a person with a shop or something like that, definitely patronize, buy something. I mean, don't walk out of there empty handed. Even if it's like something little like this, you know, buy it. You know, little stuff matters, dude. Look at all these cars and 
Pez dispensers and stuff, man. BBs for the BB gun. I mean, you know, I was at a thrift store the other day. I got a whole set of Ultraman cards, dude. Actually, Lizard Man found these and he called me up. He's like, dude, you, you know anybody who wants any Ultraman cards? I'm like, do I know anybody? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? But yeah, it's important, you know, and for the kids, especially after working with guys like Zachary, you know, because he's like, he gave me this. I'm in the Horror Host Hall of Fame. I was inducted uh, in 2019, but I was uh, given the, the, the task to induct Zachary back in like 2011 or 2010. So I inducted Zachary into the Horror Host Hall of Fame. And this is his certificate. John Zachary, Ripley's Believe It or Not, blah, 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 blah. And I went to give it to John, and he's like, no, my boy. He's like, I want you to keep it. And he's like, I want you to make sure all the girls see it. <laughs> so I have this. And, you know, I did not even get him to sign it. Roland Zachary, Horror Host Hall of Fame. Ripley's Believe It or Not, all that stuff, you know. So, man, and he passed away a few years ago. He would have been 106 now, I think. You know, which is cool, man, because I'm I'm 104. So I'm hoping that, you know, there's a little longevity going on here. But, you know, dude, I'm going to have to get your mailing address, brother, because I need to send you a copy. Because, of course, what am I famous for besides eating all of the potato chips, horror hosting, and rock and roll? You know, there we've we got to... Rock music. I do a lot of guitar playing, so I got a couple of CDs to send you, man, cool. if you like the rock music. Yes, I do. You do? You like the rock music? You know, yeah. you got the guitars hanging on the walls, some of them. Got the SG and the Flying V and, you know, and that's, that's something else that kind of makes a connection is you mix music with monster movies and kids go nuts. I mean... People go nuts. Apparently, girls don't go very nuts over it, though, but <laughs> at least none of the ones around here. Um, but, you know, I, through the Internet, I've met lots of girls around the country. I've met all kinds of famous people, you know, like Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy. I had a nice, nice encounter with Leonard Nimoy. And, of course, Elvira. She's our buddy. Yep. I met uh, a William Shatner. And when I met Shatner, here's a Shatner story for you. I'm at a sports cards place and there's hardly, there's nobody in line to meet Shatner, but me. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting there looking around and the, and the promoter guy's like, okay, go ahead. Cause he watches my show and stuff. So he's like, go on ahead over and talk to him. So I'm sitting there with William Shatner for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? And I said, man, I really love your music. And I gave him a copy of my CD and he's like, Oh, there you put it in his jacket. And then he says, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a carpenter, but I'm a TV horror host. I said, I got some stickers for you, man. He's like, ooh, stickers. You know, it's Captain Kirk. And so I give him some stickers and he takes it and he goes like, well, where am I going to stick it? Where would it look good? And he goes like this. He puts it on his forehead and he's looking at me going, what do you think? Does it look good here? And I'm looking at him and it's Captain Kirk with a Monster Madhouse sticker on his forehead. And I'm like, uh, yeah, fun guy, but I had him sign. Let me see if I can unroll this and put uh, something on it here. You can see the picture. Let me turn this around. Can you see that? 
Yes, can. El Reino de las Arañas, Kingdom of the Spiders in Mexican. You see where he signed it right there next to his picture. And he asked me, he saw that and he's like, wow, I've never seen that before. He's like, how did I sound in Mexican? And I said, you sounded great, man. <laughs> but we got a nice picture. I'll send you the photo of William Shatner, man. We were just hanging out. And he was my buddy, man. If you get a chance to listen to his record, it's called Has Been. And the music is done by Ben Folds, by the Ben Folds Five. Yeah. And it's called Has Been. And it's one of my favorite records, man. Shatner is amazing with the spoken word stuff and the lyrics he writes are just uh, out of this world. I mean, it's Captain Kirk, but he really takes it seriously. Rocket man. I mean, but he speaks it. Spoken word is very, it's not an easy thing to do. I, you know, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> you know, if you're intending to do it, but you know, I've met uh, Michael Schenker from UFO. He was my buddy. I got him to sign this UFO record. And I also got him to sign on the back. I got one of the other dudes signed it. I forget who was playing with. But uh, Michael Schenker, you know, his brother is the guitar player from the Scorpions. I got him to sign this, which was really cool. This is back in like 03. Of course, I've got uh, Ace Freely. I've met him a bunch of times. Got his, got his uh, signature there. We got uh, Peter Chris. And uh, let's see. And I got this one in person, man. My buddy Paul Stanley. <laughs> and I got to meet Paul. We got a picture together. And what was I talking to Paul about? Because he grew up in New York City in the late 50s, early 60s. I'm like, dude, you look, did you watch Zachary? And he was just like this. He just looked at me like this. It was like, dude, Zachary was awesome. <laughs> and I could see him turn 14 again in his mind. And he was my buddy. So we took some pictures together. I should have got him to sign a bunch of stuff, but I only had the one record. I had this one out in the car, Creatures of the Night, which is a great cover. Yeah. You know, Kiss always kind of had that thing going on because Gene Simmons was very monster. You know, he likes the monster movies, man. Yep. And I, I dug that from the time I was a kid because, you know, Godzilla movies were my first in. And, of course, horror hosts. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up as a... Little boy, I watched Count Gore Duval on Channel 20. And now as an adult, the guy's my friend. And I got to work with him. He's been on my show. And it's just, it was a neat culmination of everything. We even did a movie about him called um, Every Other Day is Halloween, which you can get anywhere. And it's kind of a history of horror hosts. Because uh, when I was a little kid, there he was, man, on TV. And he was also Captain 20 and Bozo the Clown. You know, and finally ended up getting to meet this guy and work closely with him and hang out with the guy. Really just made it all so surreal. No, I, uh, I, you know, and, and television is a great, you know, I mean, you know, when I talk to kids, I always try to encourage them, you know, about education. It's like learn, either be a nurse or you can learn television, <laughs> journalism. <laughs> Because apparently you can work and get paid doing that. I don't know anything about that, but, you know, because those, those, the money is hard to come by. But, but media and broadcasting, um, uh, you know, journalism is very important. You know, write a book. Yep. 
Uh, I just had this girl sending me her book. She's a big Godzilla fan. She's called the Goji Geek, Alyssa. She just wrote this book that's out now called Daughter Darkness. And dude, look how thick this book is. I mean, you could like kill bugs with this thing, man. And she's 19 and she wrote a book and I'm like, you know, that's awesome. And I really admire that. I haven't written a book yet. It would probably be a coloring book, (laughs) you know, if I do. But yeah, I'm surrounded by stuff, man. Here's the top shelf above my computer. I've got the old Batman lunchbox. The kids' lunchbox from the 70s. Another Godzilla figure, because I had to buy two of those. Just all kinds of stuff, man. There's my Horror Host Award. Actually, here's one that I won. Let's see if I can get this without knocking everything down. In 2010, they gave this to me at the Famous Monsters of Filmland convention. Best costume. It's an award, you know, and I'm just, I'm walking around in my costume like it's my street clothes because I'm like, ah, it's not even a costume. But, you know, best male costume. I was like, well, thanks, uh, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've got some more stuff. I got a Telly Award. I've got actually, I won seven Telly Awards, which are nice. They're put out by the people that do the Emmys. I've won seven of them, but I'll quickly realize that they're in the business of selling statues. You know, 200 bucks a piece. I'm like, hey, send me a certificate. <laughs> I got a notification you know, that I won one. That's good enough. We'll just put that you in. know, I'm, the statues are nice, but, you know, I it has not gotten me a free cup of coffee anywhere. <laughs> Girls don't give a crap. But now if I ever needed to hit a burglar over the head or something, man, look at this thing. It's all metal. Well, you could take a burglar out. Of course, right behind that is my Ultraman poster signed by Ultraman. Ben Furuya, who is my buddy. And he's over in Japan. Those guys really want to come over. They've never been to Washington, D.C. They Because they like to sightsee. And I told them I could show them all around. I'm on TV and a bing, bing, bing. So as soon as the gate floodgates open back up, we're going to get Ultraman over here to Washington, D.C., and I'm going to take him over to the place where I went, met Billiam, Billiam Shatner. <laughs> Billiam Shatner. And it's a sports cards uh, memorabilia show. And it's mostly guys who play for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Redskins. And the, and there they have a couple of movie stars. And, man, there's a bunch of people in there spending money because sports memorabilia is not cheap. No. And there was a couple of autograph pictures of Ultraman and people were just fighting over it. I was like, dude, I can get Ultraman over here, brother. So we're going to try to do that. Hopefully the world is turning back to normal, as they say. Yep. You know, I, I don't know if it was ever normal to start with, but, uh, you know, I would like to go do some stuff, uh, you know, because we did a lot of stuff before the Internet. You know, that's why I like to do television. Radio is fun. Uh, new newspapers. I've been on the cover of the newspaper a bunch of times. I don't have that handy, but, you know, because most of the copies I've used to roll them up and swat flies, you know, that's something you can't do with the Internet. You can't roll it up and kill a bug with it. You cannot. No, you cannot. You know, can I smoke in here? Sure. <laughs> What's funny, you know. Is you you telling the story about Zachary and then Gore Vidal yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I grew up. Our horror host locally was Doctor Creep. 
Dr. Creep, man, Barry. I met yes. Barry a couple of times. Barry, um, I had met Barry a couple of times over the years, you know, as little things and whatnot. Yeah. And I started doing a public access. That's what this kind of evolved from. Sure. Tip City. And the guy that ran the TV station was Andy Cop. Andy Cobb was producing the new Shock Theater with Dr. Creep. Oh, man. So I would go in there and go to edit my show together. And Andy and Barry were in there hanging out, working on their show. No way. That's so so cool. I would go in there and end up not doing anything with my show. And just hanging out, listening to to Barry tell stories. Yeah, yeah. And and then um, another one of my good buddies ended up he has a bookstore um and he ended up becoming friends with barry and barry would come in there every once in a while so i'd go down there and visit him yeah and these things were um I, you know were, were we friends no but we we're probably pretty good acquaintances good um, buddies man i yeah. call them pals yeah we 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 i'd sit there and talk to him it was funny because i found out that he was a big fan of vampirella you know yeah store so one day I was sitting there, I was like, oh, he's going to be here this day. I came in there and I just handed him a stack of them. Oh, no way, dude. And he's like, well, well wh- wh- why, what do I owe you? I'm like, you don't owe me a thing. This Nothing. is you already for all the years of enjoyment I got oh, from man. you. And he's like, oh, I got, and he's, you know, he, he, I, he almost cried. It was fun, but it was one of my. That was uh, a beautiful story, man, because. Yeah. You know, Dr. Creep, you know, I got to meet him and work with him a little bit at Cinema Wasteland 15 years ago. And I got to see him a couple of times. And, you know, he was that kind of guy. He was on TV back in the day. There was no internet. You got that letters from the fans. They would write Mm -hmm. him in, draw pictures. That meant so much. You know, you you probably made a big deal to him. He probably read every one of the magazines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that is a wonderful story, man. You know. That's how I felt with Zachary, you know, and, yep. and Shatner, you know, I got to give them something. And fortunately, for some reason, you fall into a wormhole and I'm like looking around while I'm talking to Shatner and there's nobody around, nobody even looking at us. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, Bill? Hey, Bill. <laughs> you know, I'm calling him Bill. He's like, call me Bill. I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know, just good stuff. But when you get a chance, it's that's why people like to go to these conventions. Now you get to meet the stars. And it's lovely to see the stories of people who are hanging out with them at the bar, sitting with them at the table. Yeah, That's what really counts. Because standing in a line just to spend the money, that's kind of cool. But, you know, the autographs that really count are the ones that you just get. Yeah. And they don't, you know, the ones that the guy, you just meet the guy and he signs it for you. Yep. Because you have them. Those are the ones that really mean a lot. You know, like, like for example... Uli John Roth from the Scorpions, mm-hmm. the guitar player from the Scorpions. I gave him a ride to his concert one day because a promoter needed me to pick him up at the hotel. He signed a bunch of my shit. Look at this. Mm. Roth, man. He Now, here's the thing. They were doing their sound check, and they knew who I was. I, was, I said, look, I can videotape your show with, like, four cameras professionally. He's like, all right. I said, no charge. So we filmed the show. But during the sound check, he's looking at the guy and he's put, you know, shaking his head. And I'm like, what's wrong? I asked the other guitar player. He says, man, he needs somebody to get him over to a Kinko's so that he can fax off his um, 
travel papers for Japan because we're going to Japan the next week. And I'm like, get in the truck. <laughs> so next thing you know, I got the guitar player from the Scorpions in my truck and I'm driving him down the road and we go to Kinko's and I go up to the lady at the counter and she says, no, it's already closed. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. I was thinking to myself, it's okay. Well, I used to be a courier in D.C. And National Airport, Reagan National Airport, yeah, uh, 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 U.S. Express or whatever, U.S. Airways ha or FedEx has a thing, and a little office right on the tarmac. Mm -hmm. I looked at Uli Roth, and I said, get in the truck, schnell. And we go flying down the beltway, and we go to the airport, and I drive through the thing, and I go into the back where the runway is. We're driving down the runway, and there's the FedEx office. And we get him in there, and he signs his thing and sends it, and he comes out and shakes my hand. And he's like, man, you just saved our Japan trip. And I'm like, dude, you're the guitar player from the Scorpions. <laughs> I'm like, ah. So anyway, it was fun times. I got to be good friends with Uli. He gave me a bunch of stuff, and he said, look, if I can ever do any favor, you let me know. And I said, okay, well, I record music, so I'm going to send you a track, and I just want you to play lead guitar all the way through. Just jam. So he will be on one of my tracks in this next, uh, next round or two, <laughs> you know. To actually have a guy from the Scorpions playing on my stuff, it would just be an awesome. I mean, I, I'm like, dude, just tune your guitar. You know, and I'll put it out like that. I, but he'll play because he's an amazing guitar player. You know, um, mm -hmm. that's a whole science of stuff from the Scorpions. They're one of the biggest bands in the world. But now he was with them up until the 70s when they were doing all this stuff. This is Uli right here. I don't know if you can see the picture of him right here. This is Uli. Uli John Roth. Cool dude. Kind of looked like Jesus. I was like, dude, you look like Jesus. He's like, I know. But I got an interview with him, and uh, I'm asking him, you know, of course, you know, standard interview. I'm like, what's your favorite monster movie? What does he say? Godzilla. <laughs> A lot of people say Godzilla or Frankenstein. Uh, younger people, though, they'll be like, I, I don't know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm like, meh. Uh, that, that answer will have to do, but that's not a monster movie. No, it's not. It's a rapist, uh, a child killer thing, slasher movie. I'm like, that is not a monster movie. Monster has a creature, something that's not human. But I, I get it. And the whole slasher culture. I mean, I've met the guys that have, you know, Robert England is a pal of ours. Uh, the guys that play Jason, you know, we've had him on our show and stuff. And I get it. I get it. But I'm not a big fan of the slasher movies where you got the topless girl running through the woods and the guy traces her and kills her and you kill innocent people. I'm kind of like, oh, it makes me sad, you know, because mm -hmm. in a Godzilla movie, Godzilla's trampling through the city and the buildings are crumbling. People are probably dying, but you don't see it. And I like gore. I like effects. You know, mm -hmm. the guys from Gore are really good friends of mine. And I love to see all that stuff. Tom Savini. Yep. I love it. I dig it. But at the same time, like Dawn of the Dead, for example, there's a lot of gore in that and the Walking Dead and the zombie stuff. It's science fiction. Yep. Uh, but now when you read the story about some nine-year-old kid that was riding his bike and he got murdered, I'm like, no, man, that's just to make you sad. So 
innocent people being killed, I'm not a big fan of. But, you know, the monsters, again, even the mummy and the creature from the Black Lagoon. You see him up there? Yep. That's the glow-in-the-dark kit. Now, the creature from the Black Lagoon. We've met Rico Browning. He was the underwater creature. Ben met, interviewed him on TV a couple of times. The cool thing about the creature from the Black Lagoon was, man, he loved that girl. He picked her up so gently and was just carrying her so gently. And he took her to his place and he was all being real nice to her. He did not kill that woman. Just like King Kong. He loved that girl, man. And, you know, which is kind of, uh, I like that about the creature from the Black Lagoon because the beauty tamed the beast. He loved that woman so much. Oh, my God. The creature was just like, I guess he was going to do stuff to her, man. I don't know. Here, here's another creature I got back here, if you can see him. I got a clear one. But that, that's a good monster, you know, because I'll tell you what, the guys in the camp, the cook and all those other people, he had them claws, man. Shoom, he killed those guys. But they would, like, rip them out of the scene, and then you would hear them screaming, and you would hear the monster screaming, and you might see the hand like this. Ah, you know, and you don't see it happen. The theater of the mind, what you don't see is scary. You know, like if you're in the water and you see a shark fin, and then all of a sudden you don't see the shark fin, <laughs> that's a little more scary because you don't know where he's at. No. I don't, I don't know. You know, older movies like that, they would cut away and let your mind do the work to set up the real horror, which is pretty terrifying. It's like books, I guess. I'm not a big book guy, but I get it. You know, if you read the book, it's like, ooh, you know, because your brain paints a picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, when a movie director shoots something, they're showing it to you, and they can ruin it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of movies where it's like, oh, God, really? No. It's, you know, I don't know. I've wanted to make a movie for about 20 years. I've, I've already, you know, because we do the TV shows. I've done over a 1,000 Monster Madhouses, and I've acted out stuff and done band gigs. I mean, in my mind, I've already made like 50 movies. But to actually make a monster movie, I want to do it. Let me let me walk with you. Here, I got you on the cell phone. We're going to go through the door here into my storage area. I don't know if you can see in here, but I've got like my monster suits that I build. Here's one of them. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of hanging out, you know. Just in the laundry room here, I got the, the laundry, and then I got shelves and shelves full of stuff, man. Stuff and more stuff and more stuff and just stuff. Posters, man. I've got old Hot Wheels games, Remco stuff, man. You got to have stuff. And this is the extra stuff. I mean, look at these shelves. So much uh, CDs and cassettes. But here's one of the other monsters. He's about... Let's see if I can, you can see his foot there. And he's pretty big. He's about seven feet tall. And uh, he's kind of like a Godzilla looking monster kind of dude. Yeah. You know, he's kind of hanging out here in the laundry room. But I put a lot of work into this, man. You can actually put this stuff on and it's head to toe. One big suit. Yeah. You can see through here and stuff. And there's a third one, along with the, the red monster here. 
I've got one upstairs. You've probably seen it on our show. He's a blue monster. We call him Gargalon, and he's another full suit. It's the most lightweight of all the ones I've built and uh, most portable, and he's pretty cool. Got a lot of teeth and stuff. I took him with me to some, because uh, I've won a bunch of costume shows because I show up with stuff like this, you know, the boots and, you know, the spikes and the, you know, these are my boots that I wear. <laughs> but anyway, with these monster suits, <clears throat> I've showed up to some horror conventions and there's nobody else in a kaiju costume. So I would win, but I was at a convention with Satoshi Furuya, who was an actor who played Ultraman. Mm-hmm. Haruo Nakajima, who was the actor who played Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. He became a good friend of mine, too. I shot a lot of stuff with him. I had cigarettes with him and stuff, man. So anyway, there's a video, and I'll send you the link, where I'm at the table in front of these guys. And I got my monster suit over my shoulder. And I'm showing them the monster suit, and they're just like, wow. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. And then I took the thing and I did like a flip. I flipped it on the floor. And it was like like I just did a, a kung fu flip. Mm-hmm. And I turn around and I look at Ultraman. And he's standing there like this, doing the thing. And I'm like, ah! That was so cool. But then I showed it to Nakajima-san. And there's a lot of famous pictures of him in the Godzilla suit back in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Where they're taking a break. And they're like sitting there on the side or whatever. And he's got, he's in the costume and there's these little tiny holes that he can see through. And he's having some guy hold a cigarette through there so he can smoke through the neck. And it's just kind of funny. So I hold my monster suit up to Nakajima and I put the cigarette in the hole in the neck. (laughs) And he was like, ah, (laughs) he was just laughing his ass off, man. And his daughter too. They immediately got that, and it was just a neat moment. Uh, then we had like a photo op or something like that, and I was like one of five people who went up. They got their photos real quick, but I'm sitting there with Haruo Nakajima and Satumo Kitagawa, who was Godzilla 2000, mm-hmm. in front of a green screen. And I'm like, can you guys step in front of the green screen for a minute? <laughs> and they had a samurai sword. So I have some green screen footage of Nakajima with a samurai sword. And he's doing the thing, man. Oh, my God. I have yet to use some of this stuff. I even met Howard Stern. I've just got so much video. I just uh, sitting on it, trying to get around to putting it together. Uh, Technology has been a little weird. We're on technology now. The Zoom. This is amazing. Uh, but you know, computers, man, like my editing system, which is over here. I got two screens. I got the Adobe. I got the thing. I got the big gaming computer with lights on it and all this stuff. It's got like 32 gigabytes of Ram, man. 15 years ago, I used a Walmart computer called an e-machine. It had like megabytes of Ram hardly anything and it cut through video like a hot knife through butter so fast these new ones are so slow there's so much i think it was a trojan horse because back in the beginning they were like oh look computers they make everything easier you just drag and drop and push it. oh yay let's put all our eggs in the basket and then all of a sudden it's 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 difficult 
they track you, all this other stuff. I'm like, it was a Trojan horse. So I'm getting ready to go back to using a Betamax and a VHS splicer, you know. Yeah, I think it would be fun to come up with like a kid's. Uh, you remember when we were kids that had the Fisher Price? Had like the little movie, little movie viewer. Yep. <laughs> I think it would be fun to make a little Fisher Price horror host do it yourself, kid. <laughs> you got your little webcam, your little thing, and your thing, your internet, and your, you know, and your, you got to have a weird hat to be a horror host. But I think that would be fun in a Fisher Price kind of way. You know, that's why I use on my editing, all my shows are done on Adobe 8.0. They're up to like 25 or something, but I don't care. I want the old stuff, man. Before that, I was using 2.0. And I was, they yelled at me, but I'm like, hey, it works. <laughs> but, you know, it was before HD even existed. So I had to bump up to the 8.0. And I like I like the basics, man. You know, when it comes down to it, it works. Um, it works. You know. Hey, hey when I Within did my my old show, uh, I did a public access show, which I told you evolved into this. Yeah, it was all VHS. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah you had to go in studio. You had yeah. the, the the knobs. You had the the wipes and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You got to queue it up. Yep. Literally got to queue it up, dude. I love VHS. Matter of fact, all of our new shows, all of our shows always have been shot on tape. I use mini DV. It's a digital video, mm -hmm. but I bought this camcorders. I bought the, the uh, Panasonic DVX 100 B baby. I got two of them with the Leica lens. I paid 4,000 bucks a piece for them. And then all of a sudden you're doing video on your phone. I'm like, okay, but the VHS is great, man. I just bought this today. <laughs> Taxi driver, man, on VHS. Look at that. Ah, because once it's rolling, uh, it looks good. You know, once the tape, what do they call it? When they align the heads and stuff, when the thing is uh, lined up, it looks good. And you can only find certain stuff like this. Red oh, yeah. skeleton on VHS, baby. You know, I love it. Uh, I would love to put some of my stuff on VHS. Actually, I kind of want to because when the apocalypse hits, all the digital stuff ain't going to work. You know, it's either that or movie film. <laughs> but there's this little stack right here. You can see there's, there's about 1,200 DVDs in there because when I turn the shows in at the TV station, they record it. They make a record of it. They do other things. They get their money. But then every six months, they give me back a big stack of here's all the shows you've turned in. I'm like, ooh, so there's my archive. It's all been broadcast on TV since 2006, man. I've got some old stuff, it, you know, and it, it seems like yesterday, but I keep doing it. I mean, the, it's the longest I've ever done anything in my life. Um, longest relationship with a girl I ever had was like four years Uh you know, I was only in school for six each time. Uh, let's see, longest I ever had a job was like two years because I work for myself now. But, you know, so horror hosting, 16 years. You know, I've been in bands. Longest band I was ever in was like three years because working with other people is nuts. You know, yeah, almost have to be solo sometimes. 
which the web enables you can do. You know, like I see, you know, you're sitting there. You can do anything you want with your show. Yep. And that's totally cool. So I'm going to try to do some solo stuff here soon, which I've never done. It's always been me and a bunch of people. So that's why I built this set. Actually, it was my excuse to collect all my antiques. <laughs> and, you know, do some stuff. I've even got, let's see here. I've even got a pith helmet. <laughs> From when we go into the desert, you know, you got to have it, man. I got two of them. Because you got to have one for your friend, too. And I'll tell you what, I, I walk around with this thing on sometimes. You know, what the hell? Give me some binoculars, you know? It's like, you know, looking around. Got the pith helmet. Yeah. You know why they call it a pith helmet? Because you can pith in it if you have to. I look I look like Torgo from, uh, what was that horror movie? And those hands of fate. Yeah, I look like Torgo. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, let me put my baseball hat back. Okay, now I look like a baseball player again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking to a girl, actually went out to dinner with a girl the other night, which was pretty amazing. And I have on the baseball hat. And she's like, I hate baseball hats. And I'm like, and I'm sitting there thinking, and we got to talking about how men used to, in the 1940s and 50s, used to wear like a hat. Yeah, you know, and wear a fedora or, uh, yeah. And so I went out and I got one. Uh, what do you think, man? Uh, it's 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 an Indiana Jones hat, and I look like his father. <laughs> I look like somebody at like a German uh, Waffle Schmidt thing, where they're having like fucking selling waffles and beer. <laughs> hey, oh, you know, all I need is a monocle. <laughs> yeah so yeah so to be a horror host you gotta have the weird hat you know and that's where I ended up with the cowboy hat just because it was kind of cool and it wasn't too weird but it was cool weird you know yeah. I could get away with it and, and everybody's like oh Rob Zombie man I'm like no it's not Rob Zombie Rob Zombie wears a great big hat that goes out to the sides and I'm like no you know, with the crack pipe and everything all tucked away in it. But I got the hat down in Mexico back in like 2003. <clears throat> Some old man in Mexico sold it to me. I was on a cruise. And we got off in Cozumel, Mexico. And there's all these vendors. Yep. And I bought this hat, you know. I, was, I didn't even ever think. But that's where it ended up being the, the, the famous hat for the show. I want to get some more made. But uh, so, man, I, I got it keep in touch with you you got to send me a bunch of pictures some comics and stuff anything you're selling or trading yeah uh you know i'll send you a wish list to stuff i'm looking for yeah you know i'll tell you what i ripped apart all my stuff looking for the comic i was looking for which i can't find anywhere i think i traded it, it was spider-man annual number what? one 1964 and, you know, about three years ago, it was only worth 25 bucks. Now people are selling them even in like 6.8 condition for like a thousand bucks. And I'm like, you know, where is that comic book? I got to find that comic book. I found everything but that comic book. I mean, look at all this stuff, man. I've found all my magazines, famous monsters in the bags. Some of them, some of them are ripped up with no covers on them. 
because I used to cut them up. Look at this. Look at this book, dude. Look at it. It's just ripped to shreds, man. You know, but it smells real good. But the cover is gone. The back cover is gone. You know. Oh, yeah. But I cannot bring myself to throw it away. I have no. to have that. It's part of my thing. But I've been going through trying to find a few things to sell. And I've ended up with some stuff like that. I've got an old Famous Monsters convention bag from 1975. It got a plastic and it's got no rips in it. And I'm looking around and the thing is so rare. So I'm like, yeah, people are selling it for $350. i am like, oh, I'll sell it for $250. <laughs> and then people still write to you and they go, I'll give you $40. I'm like, no. Nope. No, not yet. But, you know, it's tempting. You know, I got a lot of weird stuff. You know, like a lot of my main collection, I want to keep this stuff. I want to keep this stuff. But you know what? It's sitting up there, and I look at it, and I'm like, hey, I could always get another one because I did it before. But, you know, I've also found out that when you collect stuff and you get something, it's yours. You cannot get rid of it. It's hard. Very hard to get rid of stuff. They won't let you. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg from uh, eBay or uh, MySpace there, he uh, he's like, no, I'm not going to let anybody see this link. So it's like, thanks, dude. You know, I miss MySpace. It was cool. Yep. It was you know, like your own website kind of thing, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you know what, man? You're going to have to send me your mailing address. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. I'm going to send you some posters and some CDs and stuff, brother. Some more. You look like you need some more stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I need more more stuff. Yeah. yeah I'm getting ready to, I, got, I got to go pick up uh, two more bookshelves to put down here. Yeah, man. Shelves are awesome, dude. I mean, I love shelves. You can put stuff. I got stuff to the ceiling, man. Oh, yeah. Stuff this, actually, this book right here, if you can see it, Kistery. The Kistery book. Uh, like they put it out, the kiss put it out 10 years ago and it had a bunch of pictures you've never seen, but in the front page, it's signed by Gene, Paul, Ace and Peter. And I paid a hundred bucks for it. I'm looking around online and the thing's going for 700 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell mine for 350. <laughs> nope. <laughs> There's certain things. If you're like me, that, that. I will not sell. Um, I, I I got an ongoing thing. I was like, my wife, you can sell anything else when I die. You yeah. can sell everything else. I was like, yeah. but uh, there is uh, one book. Uh, yeah. Where'd I put it? Where'd I put it? Where'd I put it? Yeah, there it is. Ha ha ha. Knock all my stuff off here. Nice. Dude, that's like a museum over there, brother. Oh, ooh. That's my... Hold, tilt, it, tilt it a little bit. Oh, holy crap. That's That was my holy grail. That was my grail book. I got it. Wow. That's the only thing, if I die, that, that my wife is supposed to keep. No, so... either, that, either that or put it in the casket with me. You know. <laughs> I've got... You well, know, there's you got to have something go with you. I think if anything would be going to casket with me, it would be this flying V. It's a Gibson flying V. My mother bought it for me as a graduation from high school present. 
You know, I've also got a 1968 Les Paul Custom. But you know what? I bought that with, I used to drive strippers around and made money doing that back in the 90s and bought the guitar for like 500 bucks. It's worth like 15 grand now. But I'm like, ah, put it in my casket. Yep. When I die, it's either that or sell it to pay for my funeral. You know, well, my my kid, though, my my uh, middle boy, Joe, uh, he's 22 and uh, his he he probably will inherit everything. So oh, yeah, man. You see, you see, you have a wonderful family and offspring. I wish I had a son to leave my things to. You know, I've kind of gone through life. I played in the band for years and always did the showbiz stuff and always stayed free and always dated these really pretty crazy girls. I got no kids, man. You know, so it's like, geez, who's going to push my wheelchair around? You know, so that's why I continue to do these kids shows and reach out to be nice to the kids. Because I'm like, hey, when you see me in the old folks home, you know, give, give me a sandwich. <laughs> well, it, it's you funny. I, I it's got open. lucky. My, uh, yeah. I got lucky. I, found, I met my wife because she walked in my comic shop. I was part owner of when I was 19 and right on. we've been together pretty much ever since, you know, we went through the makeup breakup crap when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Closing in on 30 years. So, wow. Yep. So she kind of, so she kind of understands the whole comic book collector thing a little bit there. She, she understands it. Uh, That's, yeah. <laughs> I, you were talking about conventions. Uh, we went to uh, motor city con motor city. Yeah. I don't think we were together a year yet. And I took her there and because um, it wasn't far from where her family lived up in Michigan. Right. And uh, she walked in. There might have been 10 women at the show. Oh, right, right, right. And, and that's back in the, in the early 90s. And she just looks at me like, what did you get me into? And <laughs> and uh, she's had blast now. She likes she doesn't go to that's awesome. Through. Yeah, she didn't go with me to all of them now, but she goes with me, and and uh, she's met tons of famous people, tons of people. She got to meet Elvira a few years back. Um, she got to meet Pam Greer. Um, nice, nice. Oh, and uh, Pam Greer. Wow. Now and, I never met Pam Greer, but I met Caroline Monroe. That's 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 on my. Uh, I would love to meet her. Caroline uh, is so nice. She told me to come back to stand next to her. And I'm like, really? I mean, my head butterflies in my heart. And she held her hand up to me to kiss her hand. And I was like, ah, you know, wow. And just, you know, that was 15 years ago. But whatever. It was super nice to meet her. I met Julie Adams, the girl that the creature from the Black Lagoon was all nuts about. Yeah. I met her too. She was in her 90s. She's passed on. And I kissed her hand. I told her, I said, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. One of them <laughs> next to my grandmother, you know? So, you know, but it's good. And I'll tell you, a lot of these celebrities really like the attention. And there's a lot of them that, you know, the convention circuit is kind of, some of it's been taken over by a bunch of nutcases, mm -hmm. guys that don't give a crap. They just want the money. They don't even have me as a guest anymore. So I'm friends with a lot of celebrities, big celebrities that don't even do the circuit anymore. You know, Dawn of the Dead. Do you remember the Harry Krishna zombie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Christopher, he's a good friend of mine, man. Mm -hmm. I can get him for your show too. Cool. 
And also another friend of mine who was, she was one of the biggest adult film stars in the early 1980s. And she does a lot of editing for me now. Let me see if I can find her picture. Ding, ding, ding. I got so much stuff. Hold on. I'm digging. I'm digging. I'm looking. I'm digging. Man, I got her autograph for her somewhere. Is this it? No, that's me. Anyway, Hyapatia Lee. Do I remember her? Hyapatia Lee, one of the most beautiful women that's ever walked the planet. Do I have her picture right here? Oh, my God. Here's Carolyn Monroe. Yeah, man. She, She wrote all kinds of stuff on there for me. I got a bunch of Elvira. I got to find my Hyapatia Lee stuff, but she's one of my best friends. I talk to her every day on the phone, every night. Uh, she now does a TV show called Native Strength, which is about, because she's a Cherokee medicine woman. Yeah. And it's about American Indian uh, logic and medicine and mental health and all these things. And she's done like five seasons of it. And I've helped her get on the air with it and stuff like that. And she's a wonderful gal. And she still looks like a million bucks. You know, actually, it's, you know, because I told her, it's got to be two million because of inflation. Because really, you know, a million dollars isn't that much anymore, you know. No, it is not. But I got to find her picture. I got it. Some man, I got so many autographs. Because once I start finding stuff, I'm like, what about that other thing? I got to look for that too. So I got boxes of comics, man. I'm digging through stuff. Like, uh, you know, I got the G.I. Joe thing I was showing you, you know, that would come with the toy, man. The, comic yeah, books yeah. man everything in comic form takes on a whole new life and you gotta love it man especially when you're talking about the kids but the adults get it too yep god i got so much stuff man i'm not even ready to display half of this without throwing it on the floor you know that's funny it's like i take really great care of stuff but sometimes if I'm ever looking for something really fast, I'll throw stuff out of the way and somebody be standing on it. And it's like, oh, God, what have I done? But, yeah, I think collectability is very important. And, you know, things like this, you know, Zachary, as a model kit, really rings the bell with me because, let's see, God, I don't even know where it went. But I had a guy do a model kit of Carlos Borloff, and I don't know what I've even done with the box. I do have the minifigure, Carlos Borloff, little minifigure in the little box from Phoenix Comics and Toys, which is pretty cool, actually, because toys, I wanted to do toys and stuff forever. So where is the little minifigure? Here he is over here with his buddies. Check this out, dude. If you can see that. Little mini figure. It's about two inches tall. They're like 20 bucks. The guy sells them. And he also made some of my monsters. Cool. Got my little mini. There's the red monster. And then uh, here is Gargalon, the <laughs> giant monster with all his teeth and everything. So, you know, it's fun oh, yeah. for the kids, you know, and to make this stuff kind of uh, appeal like that. Of course, as soon as you do it, you know, everybody else in the world is doing it too. So, you know, you got, you know, 500 people doing horror host stuff, which is great. It's, 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 it's kind of like being in a garage band though. Cause there's a million other bands out there 
you know, everybody's doing their thing, but that's the beauty of it. Cause you can, you don't, you don't have to be in a TV studio. Now you can, you can go on YouTube or you can mm -hmm. go on your cell phone or you can do a podcast or whatever. You don't have to go on to broadcast television and break all those eggs. But for years, that's what I like to really kind of pride myself on was the fact that we were in the studio uh, with real big cameras and doing the thing, whatever, on television with the Marshall stacks. But the thing is, is about the Internet, which I love. It's also the devil. Here's the thing on the Internet, man. You either have people for a whole half an hour or you got them for three seconds and they're gone. Because they got to check their messages or they got a ding or a dong or something. The television, when people sit down in front of the boob tube, they're going to watch a show. They watch the whole thing. You know, it's like watching a movie on the phone is difficult because it's ringing and there's people and messages and Facebook. And, you know, so short attention span theater is in full effect these days. <laughs> Unless you can really keep people's attention. But I mean, I've even bought some of my friends' movies and tried to watch them. And I'm like, I can't watch the rest of this. I have to turn it off. Oh, my God. You know, uh, they write. There's too many writers. Mm -hmm. You know, I think shooting from the hip is kind of important. You know, like you never saw Jimi Hendrix in concert with sheet music. I don't know that's dating me, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, there's no sheet music in front of him. He's just, he's making it up and it's natural, but they know what they're doing. I think making the recording kind of sets the standard of what you're, you know, like when you do your TV shows, like Dr. Creep, he would go in with a basic idea of what he had and he would just riff and improvise. Yep. So much funny stuff, man. I love watching Dr. Creep videos on YouTube. The few that there are. Um, because it's like, wow, I get that. You know, when I was a kid in the 70s, you know, you improvise, man. And Dr. Creep was funny. Barry Hobart, what a neat guy. You know, I got to find some of the footage. You know, a Gastly Ghoul. Yep. I did an yeah. interview with Gastly Ghoul uh, a couple episodes ago. He's my buddy, man. I like Bob, Gastly. Yeah. Bob is a hell of a guy, man. Every time we would come up to Cinema Wasteland, he would host the jam session thing, the music thing, and he would always have me come on. And one time, he knew he was going to have Carlos Borloff on there, so he had him and the other people from the band, the girls and stuff, were all wearing cowboy hats and black wigs. Ha! And it was, man, I get it. You know, I miss coming to Ohio, you know. It's a great place, man. My uncle used to run a bar for the mafia up in Youngstown when I was a kid. A lot of good stuff happens up in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you call you? What do you call your show, man? What is this called? It's it's the group therapy podcast. Group and, therapy. Oh my God. I didn't even yep. know that. Yeah. Uh, we started yeah. out uh, in the early 2000s on public access TV as the group therapy tv show um and then i i moved and and i couldn't keep up with it because i'd have to drive you know yeah. way down there to work in the studio um and i kind of put on hold then i came to where the town where i'm living at now piqua and i tried to bring it on public access there and it was like pulling teeth um, yeah you want to go through all the politics of stuff boy oh, yeah. i've and, been uh, through that yeah that like some of like like some of the people loved it 
they they absolutely loved the show and then you had the the like the it had to be unanimous yeah you had just two of them like well i don't get it yeah and i'm like and 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 it went Uh. on and and um I started doing the uh, kind of the podcast, actual audio, just the audio podcast out of my shop. And we would sit around after we closed on a Saturday and we'd talk about comics for the week. We'd talk about yeah. the shows that came out, movies we watched, all that stuff. And then we started to encompass going to dinner and we called it podcast and a dinner. And we'd, oh, man. And we'd all, we'd go to this Mexican restaurant like a few blocks yeah. away from my shop. We'd hang out there and talk. And it just kept evolving. And then um, when when we all got locked down and stuff like this, me and my son started, uh, my son Brandon, we're like, my wife's like, why don't you get back to doing that? And so it just kept going. And then we added YouTube into it because we were just the audio one. And then we added YouTube and it just kept growing and growing. And then I started adding the cartoon show in. And Oh, man, dude, cartoons. Um, cartoons and everything dude i just bought some 16 millimeter movies of some old castle films look at this this is kiko it's a 16 millimeter movie let's see what else did i get here's some fun cartoons castle this is a mystery what's even on here i don't know it's just oh oh this is it does say on the end it's the big bad wolf oh my god and then here's when we I have some of them yeah, uh, castle films. Crazy Cat, yeah. This is an old one. Yeah, he is just and it smells, it smells good too, but it's been kept in its box so it doesn't turn into that vinegar stuff. And let's see, yep. one more. This is Farmer Alfalfa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so I've got an old 16 millimeter projector. We tried to whip it out on the show and hook it up and stuff last week. I'm editing the stuff now and we couldn't get the film to thread, but we had the screen up and the thing, the light came on and I was like, Oh my God, look how big the picture is. And it's like the size of a shoebox. Yep. You know, like you got, you got to put the screen like 50 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've I've got a, I've got a sixty uh, uh, eight millimeter projector and and uh, uh, a bunch of films. I've got uh, Bride of Frankenstein, uh, Ro- Rodan. Oh yeah, um, dude, the- I got a whole box of man. Because when I was in the seventies, when I was a kid, that's all you had, man. Yep. yep. When you went to Kmart, there was no video section, so I would get stuff like this. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Godzilla yeah. versus they were made by Ken Films. Yep. And they did a bunch of stuff. So I've still got Ghidra and the boxes and all this stuff. But I started making my own home movies in about 1978. And I would use the boxes to make my own boxes. So I'm getting ready to unveil soon some of my old home movies from Super 8. Transferred over, finally. I've never done it. Uh, but it's a kung fu movie we made. It was very embarrassing. But even before that, in like 1979, I did a werewolf movie with a monster in the woods kind of thing. It was a werewolf mask with some gloves with the tape on the fingers. And I killed both of my friends. Where they're riding their bikes through the woods in this old cabin. And none of it's that, none of it's there anymore. Uh, it's all houses now. But 
And both of my friends that were in the movie, both of those guys have passed on too. And it's, I'm going to put it on television. And uh, looking through old stuff, it makes you start to realize the stuff that's not there anymore. You start getting the anxiety of finding lost stuff. And sometimes coming to the realization that no, it's gone. (laughs) And it makes you learn that once it's gone, it's gone. It's like when you take that last drink of chocolate milk out of the carton, you're like, there's no more, you know. So you got you to relish it while you can, you know, savor it, enjoy the moment. And I think that's why we, I, I have all this stuff, man, because it flashes me back through a happy time in my life, which is my childhood. I mean, hey, I'm on my third, second childhood. So, uh, you know, the adult life is pretty good, too. Well, but the, the first 50 you know, years of childhood are the hardest. Well, yeah, exactly. Exa- <laughs> That's what they say. And it's the fact. And it brings me joy. Oh, yeah. Just there was a time in my life when all I had was that one Godzilla model on the shelf. And I would sit there and look at it and go, okay, you know, it's a thing. And, you know, I'm not a Bible thumper or anything, I don't worship this stuff. It's not idolatry to me. It's just entertainment. But these days with the kids, man, the pop stars that they have now, I don't get it. Some of the cartoons now, I don't, some of it, I don't get it. There's uh, cartoons like Squidbillies. I get that. You know, Ren and Stimpy, you know, and that's, that's 25 years old. (laughs) But stuff that's brand new, I don't get it. I don't know, especially with music and the pop music and, some of the horror movies i don't know i just went to see the new ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. and they got that right oh, they yeah. hit a lot of, they hit a lot of the classic stuff over the head uh and had the director do it the right way some of these newer movies are like what did i just watch even though you know there was a real good movie i saw a couple years ago at the theater and it had the rock in it the guy the rock yep what's his name the big wrestler guy man Ray johnson Dwayne Johnson, and it was called, I forget what it was called, but it had a giant gorilla. Rampage. Rampage, dude. And then that stuff also got into a giant alligator and a wolf. Yep. And I was like, man, this is one of the best monster movies I've seen in a long time. Yeah, based on the old video game. I was very surprised, man. I really gained a lot of respect for Dwayne Johnson on that. And also the guy that plays in The Walking Dead, he plays Negan. Yep. yep is in is. that? Yep. He's a cool dude, man. I'd like to meet that guy. Well, I, I think everybody would, you know. Well, the, the, the best part about Rampage is it's made by the um, legendary films. It's the same people that are doing the new uh, that's, Godzilla. That's right. Yeah, I know. I, I noticed that, too. And as soon as I saw that giant legendary thing, I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. Because, you know, the new Godzilla movies, hey, I'm a Godzilla aficionado, and I get it. The first movie in 2014, I was kind of let down, uh, you know, because the the roar was wrong, and he was only in the movie for like nine minutes, and I'm like, oh, God. And they had it all wrong, but the second movie with King Ghidorah and Rodan, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. And the new one, Godzilla versus Kong... Man, I saw it at the theater like three times, and I was like, that was good, man. I think I bought I bought it. I got it somewhere over here. So I just, there it is. 
I went to Walmart. Yep. Got me a copy of Godzilla versus Kong. And you know what, man? Watching it again, I was like, man, this is a good movie. Currently, I'm kind of binge watching Fear of the Walking Dead first couple of seasons. Yeah. It's kind of a trippy show, man. Uh, very soap opera like. But then at the same time, I'm also watching stuff like John Cleese. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. You got to have John Cleese, you know? But I like to go to the thrift stores and look around at used stuff, stuff people have thrown away or given away, or as I like to call it, dead people stuff. <laughs> because when you find something like this, you're like, oh man, somebody died. Yeah. They didn't just let that go. Nope. Somebody died. And there's probably a bunch of ghosts sitting in this room with me. You know, I even have like antique chairs and stuff, man. It's just sitting around. It's all these antique cabinets and stuff. And I'm like, man, I probably got more ghosts around me than I don't know what to do with. But apparently they won't even come out and say anything to me because I'm an empath and they won't even bother me. So, eh. <laughs> I can't, you know, I go into a haunted house and the ghost leaves. You know, it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, they got to tie, like Rodney Dangerfield used to say, you know, yeah, when I was a kid, you know, they had to tie a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. Yep. <laughs> That's how I feel now. But I don't care. I don't care. Fooey. We got some new Monster Madhouse shows coming up. Um Matter of fact, in the new year here, we're probably going to put a little clip of this on television, too. Why not? Yep. You are recording this, right? Yes, I am. But do you remember to hit the red button? Yes, I did. The yep. red button. Kind of like the uh, kind of like the red skeleton. Yep. You know, when we were when we were, when we were kids, I called him red skeleton. Because you know, you know how kids are, they mispronounce stuff. Red oh, skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the funniest stuff you'll ever see, though. I mean, you know, it's hilarious stuff. And uh, it sounds like you're cut from the old school cloth, Dr. Creep and all that stuff, man. So, yeah, we'll have to meet up some point, man. At one of these yeah. conventions, I'm dying to get back out uh, and do some stuff. I know up in Cincinnati or whatever, they do the Horror Hound. Yep, yep. Uh, I've been talking to the guy, Nathan, who runs that. You know, I'm going to try to get back up to one of those. Uh, sometime here soon. I know they have big ones like in the Midwest, uh, Chicago, yeah. The yeah, Days of the Dead. Day, Day of the Dead. They got yeah. uh, the Horror Hound. There's several different Horror Hounds all around here because there's the right, right. Cincinnati, the Columbus, there's the Indianapolis. Yeah, um, right. Uh, there's, there's one up in Michigan. I can't remember what Michigan is. Yeah, I've been to a bunch of those, but you know, here's the thing that we noticed from out here in the Burbs because I'm in Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. where everything, the streets are paved with money. And everybody's rich out here, and there is never a show, never anything in Northern Virginia. And I, these promoters, I've tried to reach out to them. I'm like, come here, you know, come out here and do some stuff. You'll make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. You know, people have extendable incomes. And, um, you know, so, but I got to get out to the mid, to the yeah. mid uh, US there again. Uh, and I've been sitting around for too long. It's time to do some stuff. So maybe we'll run into you at a convention, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you I'm, look like my kind of guy, man. You got a lot of cool stuff, dude. Oh, yeah. Man. 
<laughs> dig it, dig it. I mean, I've got, I've got way more stuff. Here's a standing back view of just my oh, yeah. visible area. There's a lot of good stuff that's stashed, that's tucked away. That you know, I only break out for special occasions. <laughs> you know, because when you invite a friend over, they got like a drink sitting on it or something. It's like, what are you doing? Doing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Can't, you see, some people can't handle it, you know, but um, but anyway, yeah, my phone's doing all kinds of weird stuff, man. Yeah, you're probably getting low battery or something. You hear that? Can you hear all the ding-dongs? Yeah, I got a charger hooked up to it, so it's ah. like it's it doesn't know what I'm doing. But anyway, man, thank you for having me on your show, dude. I really yeah, appreciate no problem, it. no problem, man, no problem. I'm glad to you have know, you on. You can see... A bunch of my stuff at monstermadhouse.com. People ask all the time, they're like, well, your show's not on in my area. So I'm like, have you ever heard of the internet? Yep. The internet. You know, now, are you YouTube, on the streaming channels like on the Roku stuff? Like, what well, on, we have, the on Roku, there is the Monster Madhouse channel. It's okay. the Monster Madhouse channel on Roku. Okay. Yeah, and a guy up in Ohio actually runs it for us uh, from uh, 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 Paletti, Michael Paletti. Uh, he runs the TPG group. They just had a film festival. But, yeah, it's a Roku. But, you know, it's on – I always tell people, it's like, you ever heard of the internet, the web? You know, it's like, ah, yeah. It's like, well, there it is. Hello. Yep. You know, I make, I make three- and five-minute versions of the show for online, too, because people with short attention span – you know, like I'll ask some girl, it's like, well, have you seen my show? And they're like, yeah, I saw your show. I'm like, no, you didn't. They watched a two minute clip. I'm like, you know, you got to like watch a two hour show, <laughs> but you don't have to. Cause technically if somebody has looked at your thing and clicked like on it, they've seen it, Yep. you know, entertainment bucks, exposure bucks, or, right. or whatever they call it. Yeah. Gotta love it. I got a lot of that. But, uh, yeah, we're on TV right now in about 35 cities across the country, and we're trying to take it farther. And, you know, you can catch us behind the dumpster at the 7-Eleven or where, anywhere, really, <laughs> you know, make it accessible. There you go. Make sure everybody <clears throat> can get it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, send me some email stuff. I want to. I want to see if you you selling any stuff. You got any stuff for sale, man? Oh yeah, dude, I got a store full of stuff. Oh got, man, dude, I'll send you the link to my store. Please do. Yep. Because yeah, I like you. Did you take PayPal? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in business. Yep. That sounds good, man. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to talking to you some more, brother. And thanks again for having me on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I'm glad you. Uh, that glad you're on man i'm i i'm i'm glad I, i'm here yeah i reached out and you got a hold of me i was like because i'm like getting a hold of all these people and and uh someone won't even like give you a, like won't give you an answer but man you got well, right away i think we first talked about a year ago and here we are you know i just forget things because i'm getting old man i'm like what I don't even know what day it is until I get up and look at the newspaper. And then I'm like, fuck, I don't get the newspaper. What am I going to do? You know? Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. But, you know, hey, there's seven days in a week and they all end in Y. Yep. Why? So what the heck? Yep. 
Yeah, man, that's what it's all about. And uh, uh, send me your, of course, the digits for your show and your past shows so I can send that out to our groups and whatnot. Cool. I will. Um, I'll probably get that uh, sent out to you tomorrow. Um, Sounds good, man. Cool. So. You know, the thing about tomorrow is that I always put things off till tomorrow. And then when it's tomorrow, it's today again. Ah, we'll do tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. well, it's today. Yeah, well, when does tomorrow? Tomorrow never comes. Nope, it's always so they today. Say, yep. They're only, only today and yesterday. Yep. Yesterday means that I missed it. Yep. Story of my life. Because <laughs> it was a day late and a dollar short? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Either, either or, you know, luckily, if, if you're lucky, you got both, a day late and a dollar short. Because if you're a dollar short, it means that you got dollars. You know, and I will I will forget about that extra dollar. You know, some, you have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Man, it's been great talking to you. Uh, you said your phone's making some funny noises, so we're yeah. going to wrap it up. And I will talk to you. I'll probably send you a message tomorrow when I get everything started. And I'll send you all my info, and, and I'll send you links to all my shows and all that stuff. So That sounds awesome. Cool. And you have a good night, and I will see you later. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Have a good night. We'll talk soon. You too. See you. Adios. Adios. We'd like to thank Carlos Borloff, a.k.a. Jerry Moore, for appearing tonight on the podcast. Uh, I barely got a word in otherwise, and it was a cool talk, though. Um, great stories and stuff like that from Jerry. Uh, and we hope to have him again, and I will be posting his information at the end of the episode. And as always, the Group Therapy Podcast is brought to you by RU Game, the best comic book collectible all around Geek Shop in Pickle, Ohio, located at 124 North Sunset Drive, Pickle, Ohio, 45356. And remember to watch my other show, the Saturday Morning Serials, every Saturday morning at 8 a.m., where you get to see the best in classic cartoons. And check out some of my other interviews. Uh, if you've missed the other ones, we've introduced uh, Jackie Neiman from um, Mano's Hands of Fate. We've got Tanya Atomic, the director of Manos Returns. Uh, we've got a ton of really good interviews out there that you need to check out. And until then, remember to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. And I will see you next time on Group Therapy Podcast. Later. <laughs>